everybody. Welcome back to another edition, hopefully curse-free edition of History Creeps. I'm one of your co-hosts. This is Chris Chavez. And joining me as always on my left and right, my two buddies, my two pals, my two creepers, Johnny Townsend. Say hello, sir. Say hello, sir. Carter Johnson. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? (laughs) <laughs> that's all me and carter have for this week see you guys all right have a good night <laughs> how's it going guys pretty well pretty well i'm doing good i'm also excited and fingers are crossed that this is a curse-free episode but who knows we just started anything yeah. can happen and we know what happens when we become arrogant with the curse yes yes <laughs> carter i don't know if you know this or not but when uh chris and i were trying to do that's odd. We all talked about how me and him never have an issue with it. And then I was getting really cocky because I got a new microphone and it wasn't working at first. And then I fixed it. And I was like saying, yeah, in your face, curse in your face. And then something <laughs> happened. we literally got five minutes into the show and my entire, my internet went out completely. Yeah. Every, every, everything, everything. I was like, are you kidding me? I was literally <laughs> taking pictures of my router showing it was completely out and sending them to Johnny like, this is not even a joke anymore. This is a little scary. Yeah. So Carter, <laughs> we can now say that you are not a suspect in this curse because you weren't there and it still happened. <laughs> and you know what? I thought it was me because I'm so inept with computers that there was something going on that I wasn't doing or not, not <laughs> you know, fixing or a button I hadn't pushed or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're safe. You are safe in this. That's awesome. Well, I don't want to alarm you guys, but I'm getting a little lag on my side from uh, both of your microphones. So let's uh, let's go <laughs> ahead and acknowledge that now. See so what it- I said? <laughs> what I tell you? It's coming, man. All right, listen. Um, we have to figure out if there's some sort of offering we can <laughs> put put up to the curse. Yeah. Yeah, what uh, can we give this curse to let us just? Record one flipping episode. <laughs> I would like, you know what? I'd like some listeners some to salt circles or something. I'd like yeah. some listeners to give us some suggestions. Send us a comment under this episode on our Facebook page and let us know what you think we can do to get rid of this history creeps curse that just will yeah, not up. leave us alone. Yeah, something's up. We got to do something. Help <laughs> us out. Oh man! All right, so we're back again for another week, uh, and. We're going to start out with our current creeps as always. I don't have one this week. Um, and after that, we're going to get into our roundtable discussion today of Jack the Ripper. But before we do that, let's get into some current creeps. Now, I just want to check before we get into these stories. Uh, how is, how's, how's your guys' eyesight? Uh, you didn't uh, burn I... your retinas, did you? Oh, well, no. No. Well, look, I was very cocky. Be the great way to put it. And now I'm cockeyed because it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Because I looked right. And I couldn't, the sun. I couldn't even see it. So it didn't matter. It was so cloudy where we were at that all it did was get a little darker and we were like, Oh, is the eclipse happening right now? <laughs> that sucks, man. Uh, by us, we only got about 70%. No, no, that's not true. We had we had 79% of it. Like we could see it wasn't a total eclipse. Um, what about where you were at, Johnny? It was pretty close to total here. We were in one of the areas that they said was kind of the best for you to be at. Nice. It wasn't the most, I think we were at like 90, high 90%. I don't did, remember exactly what ours was. Did you have eclipse glasses or did you make a, your own homemade contraptions? I didn't either. I couldn't find any eclipse glasses around here and I wasn't going to pay a crazy sum for something I was going to use one time. Oh, true. And I, uh, I don't know how to make anything. 
<laughs> I can't make a, a blasted dang thing. I didn't buy glasses either, but you know what I found? I found that people are cool. People are f- super friendly. So where I work, uh, it's a, a you know one of my offices is in a building with other offices and other agencies and um, businesses. And as the eclipse was happening, everybody who had those glasses was going outside. All these people were just going out and, and staring up. And then they were sharing their glasses. Like, here, look at it. Look at it. So I just went outside and used their glasses to look at it. It was pretty freaking sweet. It really was. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's something you didn't even have to pay for. It. That's no, sweet. not at all. So next time there's a, a solar eclipse, I think there's a, there's one where we're going to get to see it up here in the northern, uh, up by, by us in Buffalo. At least it's going to be a full eclipse. I think it's in the 2020s like 2024 or something like that. There you go. So uh, just so you know, when there's another one, man, just go where there's going to be a bunch of people because you know they're going to be looking up and someone should be nice enough to let you use it. You would hope so. Right? Yeah. So save your money. Now everybody's going to save their money thinking someone's going to share theirs and they're all going to get out there. No one's got one. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into some current creeps. Carter, you want to bring us in with your eclipse story? Yeah. Um, um, so for our listeners, uh, that may not be aware of this, um, speaking as a North Carolinian, South Carolina is weird, man. <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't, I don't care who knows it. South Carolina has got some issues when it comes to stuff like this. So apparently, uh, uh, a few days before the eclipse, uh, the, the South Carolina emergency management, uh, division, uh, tweeted out a map of possible or, or not confirmed, but reported lizard man sightings. Yes, <laughs> you heard that right. Lizard men. <laughs> and the tweet, the tweet also regarding possible paranormal activity potentially occurring during the, the hashtag solar eclipse 2017. As always, if you see something, say something. Now, Nobody's able to figure out if they're, if they were like, you know, being serious about this or if they were just joking around. But, uh, South Carolina does have, uh, some history with the lizard man, as it were. Uh, yeah, it's actually pretty famous around there, I thought. Really? Yes, it is. Uh, and they also issued a statement. Uh, saying that this historical, I'm going to read directly from it. This historical map is in response to recent media reports about possible paranormal activity associated with the upcoming total eclipse. South Carolina Emergency Management Division does not know if lizard man, lizard men become more active during a solar eclipse, but we advise that residents of Lee and Sumter counties should remain ever vigilant. <laughs> and this- this is from their emergency management division, like the you know the government. This yeah, this is from the from the quote unquote government. Official government of the state is releasing this. It has to be that they were just being smart asses, man. It has to be that a it, joke. It has to be right. It, yes. it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Too funny. I, let but me, oh, go ahead. I was in South Carolina during the eclipse, and I did not see any lizard people. So, <laughs> oh. It's our first-hand report. <laughs> were you guys? Uh, were you guys? That's correct. Were you guys expecting anything weird to happen? Like, you know what I mean? Just because Not it's the really. whole idea of gravi- gravity and the gravitation gravitational pull. You know what I mean? No. The, the weirdest thing that I thought would ever happen would be maybe the animals would be affected somehow. Yeah. And 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 around here, I mean, some of the birds kind of weren't flying there for a little bit. I don't know if it has anything to do with it. Maybe I just 
randomly saw at the right time where they were just taking a rest. <laughs> but you well, know, I did, I did, I did read something that said there were some people that had a lot of, depending on where you were in the area, that had a lot of uh, electromagnetic interference because of it. So, oh really? Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting anything too crazy or too odd. Just maybe I didn't want to be out on the road because I thought maybe people wouldn't know how to drive. That's st- true. Staring up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Lizard people. I think Especially we should do it ep- South Carolina. We should do a future episode on lizard man, lizard people. We definitely should. It's uh, it's it's a big thing back uh, down in that. I don't remember the name of the town, Carter, but there's a town in South Carolina where that's like their big uh, claim to fame is the lizard man. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know the town you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it either, but yeah. I think I think I've driven through it a couple of times. I probably have. That's what you do. You drive through. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's small. It's a small town, if I'm thinking right. Um, well, I guess I can go ahead and go with mine. Do it. Bring it on. All right, we're going to go to Copenhagen uh, on August 10th. Uh, a submarine by the name of the UC3 uh, Nautilus. Sailed from the port of Copenhagen. This is on NPR.org. Uh, to the, it was a homemade submarine, as in this guy made it by hand, and it only had two people. Uh, one was a, a journalist reporting on his invention, and the other was a famous Danish inventor by the name of Peter Madsen. I'm sorry, when was this? This was August 10th of this year. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, later that day, I mean less than a day later, only one of them would come back alive. Peter, his uh, submarine sank on the 11th, and he was rescued by a private boat. Wait. But the journalist, and her name was Kim Wall, uh, was nowhere to be found. And what's even more strange, it was actually her boyfriend, not the guy that she was with, who reported her missing. And the authorities obviously arrested uh, Madsen in no time because he was the last one with her after he came ashore. And they charged him with manslaughter. Hmm. Okay, this is where the story starts to, to twist and turn. Nice. And his first story that he told them, the authorities, was they actually dropped her off uh, in Copenhagen. But then that was changed to that there was an accident on board which caused her death, and that he buried her at sea. Uh, but here's the biggest change, and this is the reason I brought this up. What really, I mean, that's creepy enough, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, they still hadn't found anybody until. Uh, there's an update, uh, when was this on the 21st of this month? So just a few days ago, uh, Copenhagen police had a press conference and they actually said they found a woman's torso. It was missing a head, arms and legs. Oh, geez. And it was discovered in a shot in shallow water near Copenhagen. Now they did say it was too soon to say that that was officially Kim Wall's body. But obviously, it's the first thing you think of, and I don't know if there's an update since then. I don't see one on this article from NPR, but uh, that raises a lot of questions. If that is her, then what kind of accident would take off your arms and legs? You know, I hate to yeah. talk that way, but no, that's, that's mm. there is an update to the story because my wife has been following it. Apparently, they do have the guy in custody now. Oh, yeah, he's been in custody. He's still in custody now. Uh, the uh, the other thing is. Let's say that this is not her. Then why? Then who is it? Yeah. What happened to them? Yeah, <laughs> you know we shouldn't laugh at that. But you're right, man. It's like okay, well now, <laughs> now we have a body with no identity, and we have a missing woman whose body we haven't found. Yeah, and this guy Matt's probably it, dead. Yeah, 
Yeah, and this guy Matson's kind of a well-known guy there in his country because uh, he's like a some sort of inventor, and he actually would crowdfund uh, for like uh, the submarine he that he took out there was crowdfunded, and he built it himself. And he wants to uh, build a, a rocket to take it to the moon and that kind of thing. So he's kind of well known out there for that kind huh. of stuff. That's crazy, man. That's a crazy story. And that's the thing. If she, I don't get it, man. If she had, he had to have had something to do with it because if it was just that, what did he say? She got sick and died. What happened? Well, he said uh, that there was some sort of accident that caused her death. And then the, he, the police, the police don't want to give away too many details as of right uh, now. So I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. That's weird, man. That's a weird story. Yeah, it's very strange. And the other thing is, I mean, I don't know how big this vehicle or vehicle this submarine was, but uh, why was she going by herself? Yeah, right. Her boyfriend was just like, "Sure, go. That's cool." Well, I'm assuming that he did that he didn't have any say in it. <laughs> Copenhagen <laughs> but, you know. submarine is that? I'm gonna look that up and see what this thing looked like. Yeah, they actually found it and they brought it back up, so they're they're going through it for evidence as well right now. Is, yeah. is it? Are we talking? In like a luxury submarine, like League of Extraordinary I, Gentlemen kind of submarine, or <laughs> I would assume no, because he built it himself. So I'm going to assume that it's it probably was only big enough for two, maybe three people tops. That's my assumption. Nice. Uh, the headline right now, as of a day ago, says that Danish police are adding murder and abuse of corpse charges to this this case. So they think it's her then. Yeah, I wonder. That's this is insane, man. Um, yeah. Wow, we should follow that and see what happens there. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. That that kind of um, ties into the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about tonight, especially with like the mutilated body um, torso of the woman found. That's just crazy, dude. I've always thought to myself how how I would ever respond or react if I ever came across a dead body. You ever think about that, or am I just a weirdo? Yeah. No, you're not weird. I think about that too. <laughs> like, how would it change me? There's no way that I can just just be okay after that yeah even like, if it's somebody i don't know even if it's a stranger it's weird because like i'll be i don't know if you're walking through the woods or you're out near i don't know a canal or something you know what i mean once in a while i'll think like what if i see a body what if there's a dead body what would i do what do I, like what's your like what's your first reaction you know what i mean yeah in this day and age put- is it to take a selfie and then call for help oh, or- i bet so that's terrible. <laughs> or you're posting it first. You're taking pictures and putting it on Instagram, <laughs> like found a body, and then calling nine one one now. Stick? <laughs> I'll no. call nine one one. Oh no, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. All right, guys, do you want to go into some of the uh, darker, scarier parts of history? Let's do it. We're going to do it. This is a big one, dude. This, this is, is a big, big one. Yeah, this is very well known. A very famous case, probably the most famous uh, serial killer. Um known in history ever i would agree yep and uh yeah so famous that even the people that study the case have a name for them yeah oh do they really yeah ripperologists Ripperologists. yeah really yep yep that's pretty cool i never heard of that i like that um yeah jack the ripper man so what we're doing is we're going to go ahead and just kind of go chronologically you know kind of basically lay out what happened what 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 went down uh then we'll just basically give our thoughts on on uh on the entire case so let's start let's go back to 1888 the autumn of terror uh whitechapel london if you go to whitechapel london now it's obviously more modern there's shops you know um it's it's 
it's what you would expect to see in a thriving city. Uh, but back then, um, it was very, in, in, you're talking 1800s, the Victorian age. It's very dark and dingy at night. It would, it wouldn't be as bright and neon colored or lights as you see now. Um, in 1888, the fall of 1888, terror struck this area, the East End. Uh, I think it's important to say here, Chris, that that area was considered like the most crime-ridden area of London at yeah, the time. It was, it was a very uh, – there's all kinds of drugs. It's where a lot of the, the poor people would yep. have to fight every day for, just for a place to sleep. Yep. That, and, that one was... of the thing, and one of the things that I had seen said that um, they were taught – I don't remember how much it cost, but they had like houses that were just for people to sleep in at night. Uh-huh. And that's where a lot of the poor people would, would get. So you'd have like 30, 40 people in one place. And if the most – what cost the most was a bed, and then next was like a small floor or something. But then some people uh, didn't ha- – were so poor that they could only afford the money where they would like – lean on a rope to sleep yeah i saw i saw that was the thing i was about to say is that i was very like shocked and surprised to hear because i don't remember reading or learning much about this but about the way those those tenements were set up the way these these room and boards um like you said there wasn't enough room there was too many too many poor people there was too it was uh it was like this is where all the dregs um of society went you know some of the criminals were were around this area a lot of prostitution a lot of uh drugs and alcohol um, and like you said, when night falls, you need a place to sleep. And throughout the day, these women and, and evening, these women are selling their bodies just to get little pieces of, uh, you know, of money so that they can afford a place to sleep for the night. And they'd be turned out too. Like one of the things I saw, it's, it was almost like it was, um, like a hostel or like a day, a day kind of a, like day by day thing where, you know, every day you paid if you were going to sleep there that night. And if not, they just said, sorry, you can't come in. And that's, that yeah. was the problem was that. In this environment, it made it easy for somebody like the Ripper to, you know, move throughout the streets. No one's going to notice who he is. There's too many people coming and going and uh, and get away with a lot of what he did because a lot of these people didn't have family. A lot of these people didn't have anyone who cared enough to say, hey, they're missing. So if they went missing, um, my assumption was that he was thinking you know, this is the perfect place to do it. I want, I want to attack someone. I want to kill someone. I can do it here. Um, and that's the sad thing is the victims that we're going to talk about today are all women who, uh, found themselves down and out, uh, wanted either had a, a drug problem, drinking problem and needed to help support that and find a way to sleep at night. So that's what they did. They sold their bodies. Um, yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's, it must be said that these were human beings, yeah, you know, even no matter what they were doing, they were still human beings. And I mean, me, we can only speculate what it would be like to live in that area, especially at that time. Right. I mean, I, I mean, you get desperate, I would think, just to have a place to sleep at night. I would think so. Um, actually, before we go into the autumn, I wanted to pull pull up two uh two instances that are not considered. Um, part of the Jack the Ripper canon, if you will, of, of, uh, the, the victims. Um, there yes, was, there was, yes, into that. there was two victims that, that were murdered in the Whitechapel area, same year, but a little bit earlier in the year, um, that aren't connected to this. Uh, not normally. Some people do, some people don't, but I think Ripperologists would say they're not. Um, so what I'm going to say is we'll start in April 4, April of 1888. In April of 1888, there was a woman named Emma Smith. Um, again, one of these women who was down and out trying to just survive basically day by day. 
one evening she was attacked um and she she wasn't killed right away she was attacked and uh basically raped and she made her way back home and when she got there uh she told people that three men had attacked her it had been three men a gang of men had attacked her um she ended up dying the next day due uh due to the injuries she received during that attack uh, this wasn't tied to the tied to the Ripper because it was clearly stated that she said it was three men that had attacked her, um, and also because of the way she died. There was no, it wasn't what you'd come to see in a Ripper case later on. Uh, so that was one of the first the first um, deaths that had come up in the year. And uh, in, in, I mean, there was many deaths, but that could be tied to this. And I'll tell you why after I tell you about the next one. Um, the other lady, her name was Martha Tabram. And she, this one, this death took place in August 7th of 88. She had gone out drinking with a friend and they had met some soldiers at a bar. Uh, she had gotten drunk. And, um, later that night she le- she was seen leaving the place with one of the soldiers. Um, hours went by and then somebody found her dead body laying in like a stairwell. Uh, she had been stabbed 39 times. And police had an invent. They they went out and looked for sol- all the soldiers and stuff. They I mean they had witnesses who saw her with the soldier. The soldier you know come out and try to point them out. And every time a witness tried to point out one of these soldiers, the soldiers always had an alibi. Like each one that was pointed out was like, nope, couldn't be. It's impossible. So there's the idea that maybe she was um, a, a Jack the Ripper victim as well. Now the reason I bring up those two is because they don't bear the hallmark of a Jack the Ripper killing. However. Um, one of the things I was watching uh, a documentary, uh, there was a psychologist that was talking about like people who do this, people who end up just going out and start killing people. You know what I mean? Uh, methodically, uh, like a serial killer don't usually start with a, a killing at the beginning, at least not of a human. You know what I mean? Maybe they're, they're killing animals, um, or, or whenever, what they're usually doing is attacking and just figuring out what it is. They're going, you know, what's going to push them. You know what I mean? They're looking for that drive. Yeah, they usually build toward it. Yeah. So my thought is with the Emma Smith, I'm thinking um, whoever Jack the Ripper was, was there. He had to be one of those men. And I think maybe during that, you know, that altercation and the things that were going on, it it sparked in him that, like, this gave him a rush, a high to attack a woman this way. You know what I mean? And... So that's why I think maybe the next one uh, could have been him. Maybe he wanted to, to, you know, it was quick. And they said the stab wounds were quick stabs. Like she was just brutally stabbed. Boom, 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 boom. So his thing, my thinking is maybe he started to attack her and then took it farther and was like, what happened? You know, once you start that, when you start it, he's not stopping. Um, Yeah. What was the reason that a lot of the Ripperologists give for those not being canon with the other Ripper killings? I think it's all because all the other ones had their throats sliced and other kinds of mutilations. Okay. Whereas the first yeah. one, there was a group attack. The second one, it was, it was, it was still attacked with, you know, the stabbing, but it was almost like a crime of passion stabbing the 39 times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So the autumn of terror, um, which is what a lot of ripperologists would call this. And a lot of historians call this time during, during, uh, the white chapel murders, uh, August 31st, 1888, the body of Mary Ann Nichols is found um, laying on the ground. She's got her, she's mutilated. She's got her throat sliced open and she's disemboweled. Uh, and it's one of these things where like, and th- you know what I found out too? And this shocked me. 
Um, they find her body. The police come and see the body. They bring a, 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 a doctor quick to, to kind of look it over. You know what I mean? Right there on the scene. And then they pick, yep. they pick up the body, put it in a, in a police wagon and take it to the mortuary to be worked on. Um, and then they just wash the street down to make sure there's no blood there because they don't want crowds gathering. They didn't want all, anything like that happening. So like they find a body, they process it quickly and then off it goes, clean up the evidence. That blows yeah. me away, right? Yeah, but that's well before forensics and all that stuff, though, right? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. But I mean, it, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, they just didn't know better, though. I don't think it's crazy, right? But yeah, yeah, so Marianne Nichols is the first, the first official victim of uh, who would become come to be known Jack the Ripper. Um, all of these victims, and this is a crazy thing too. All of these victims were seen throughout the night, and and almost up to within hours or even thirty minutes before their death. Um, so there's, oh, there was a lot of eyewitnesses during this time. What blew me away is that this is an area that's just full of so many people, right? Even though there's so many people, don't you think that after a while you start to get to recognize people and know who they are? But it always seems like every time there was witnesses with, um, it would always say, I saw her with a man or I saw her with this guy. And it's not like they could say it's this guy from this house that lives down the street. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, one of the rumors one of the rumors I had heard that goes along with what you're saying is that somebody could actually identify who it was, uh, but wouldn't do it or something like that. Oh, really? I saw that yeah, there that was the, yeah. that the police that they actually told the police, but then that was never actually either they couldn't get the evidence other than that or something. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but yeah, there is one later on where it was a Jewish man that saw the guy like in 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 the light and everything, saw his face, gave a description of everything. Um, so anyway, yeah, August 31st, 88. Marianne Nichols is the first to die. Um, I think the thing that's shocking about these is how brutal each of these murders will, will continue to go. Because like yeah. I said, this one starts out with, uh, I think it was two slices to her throat. One was so deep, I think it almost um, decapitated her. You know what I mean? It went. They said it went down to the, the spine. Yeah, this is not for the faint of heart. Just no. a little yeah. FYI. Let's, yeah, let's, let's let that, <laughs> yeah, let that be known. Not. Let that be yeah. known. Yeah. And, and her, basically her belly had been torn open and her, um, intestines pulled out. Um, that's the part that always got me is that oh, is the God. pulling out of, of intestines and later on kidneys and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like that's just, that's just awful. I couldn't think of a, of a worse way to go. I mean, that's gotta be terrible. Yeah. And these were real, these were real human beings, by the way, that this, this really happened. Yeah. For sure, and that's the thing. Like you said, a horrible way to go. A lot. The I, I would. It's, I hate to use the word the good thing, but really the good thing is, is a, all of the the doctors that would perform the autopsies after the fact would say that they died of the strangle, almost strangulation first, because what he would do is he would strangle uh, strangle them, um, which would you know drop their their blood pressure and and they'd go to the ground, and then he'd cut into their neck, which would silence them. But because they're already out of it. The idea is, is they probably didn't feel that much after that, and then they were dead before anything else was going on. Um, I, I kind of hope so. As yeah. weird as that sounds, no, yeah, you got it. You got to ask for just a little respite there. So that was August thirty first of uh, eighteen eighty eight. So literally a week later, on September eighth, eighteen eighty eight, another woman was found dead. Her name was Annie Chapman. Again, she had the sliced throat. Um, and she was disemboweled, her intestines pulled out. And now that, now these policemen are starting to say, 
this is the same as before. Um, there must be something going on here. The wounds even look the same, like the same knife is, you you know, being used to, to cut into these women's flesh. Uh, there's the descriptions online. You can read all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's so much evidence and stuff that from that time that's still around you can read. But it, it, there's descriptions on what the cut patterns look like, that they can tell what kind of a knife it came from. They can tell whether it was done with precision or in haste with anger. Um, it's really insane. But this second murder makes these cops start thinking there's something going on here. The press, however, is all over this. They start writing stories like that there's this madman on the loose and he's been killing for a while because it's the press that starts tying it to the other two murders before of Martha, uh, Emma and Martha. Um, and so that's where it starts to gain popularity is they they start calling it the Whitechapel killer. This guy in Whitechapel just, you know, stalking women of the night. Um, there's not another murder uh, almost until the end of the month. But right before that happens, on September 28, 1888, Scotland Yard gets a letter in the mail. And the letter they get in the mail is, uh, is it's written in red ink and is full of punctuation and spelling errors. But this letter goes on to become a very famous letter in, in the Ripper lore. Uh, it's called the Dear Boss Letter. You guys know about the letters, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read the, the, the letter. So this is what they get. Uh, this is what Scotland Yard gets in the, in the mail. Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they took. they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apen, apron gave me real fits. Uh, leather apron was what people were starting to call the killer um, because they thought it was um, one of these Jewish immigrants who had just moved to the area. And I guess he was known as the leather apron. And so they started calling him the leather apron killer. Um, I am down on whores and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear from me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so nice and sharp I want to go to work right away if I get a chance Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. P.S. Wasn't good enough to post this before. I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha. So that's the thing. Because of the kind of murders that were happening, they saw that it, it, it must be the same guy. The cuts and, and the type of knife that was being used. Um, and the fact that it, it was, it was almost like the person cutting into these bodies had an, I, you know, a very good understanding of human anatomy. Um, they thought he was a doctor. A lot of the rumors coming out was that, um, it was either these Irish, I mean, I'm sorry, Jewish immigrants coming in, or it was this a crazy doctor who was just, you know, looking for organs or, or maybe he had something against women. So they get this letter in the mail. Obviously, the cops are are looking at the things he's referencing, and he said they're saying it's just some quack, right? They don't even believe yeah. it's real. Yeah, I think some of them thought 
if it was real, then maybe it was an American because of the boss part. Yeah. Because apparently that was a term that Americans would use, but like it wasn't used in England or something like that. Yeah, which kind of goes goes to that whole Texas killer story, huh? Yeah. That, yeah. That's odd episode. Anyway, uh, so that was September 25th, 1988. Or, I'm sorry, 1888, that Scotland Yard received this letter. Um, five days later, Elizabeth Stride is found dead as well. So this is another woman who, down on her luck, um, has a drinking problem, is trying to find money to spend, you know, to be able to sleep at night, and decides she's going to go out and find a man to help her get that money. Uh, her body's found. She is uh, got her throat sliced. This time, there's no disemboweling. There's no other other kinds of um, <clears throat> mutilations. It's just basically the sliced throat. The reason it's still tied to Jack is because the cut patterns and the type of knife used uh, still showed to be the same thing. Um, I believe with this one, there was some other thing that had happened. There was a weird thing written on a brick wall. I can't remember what that was now. Do you guys know anything about it? I can't remember that. Is it, are you talking about the thing that the police didn't want to talk about at first because it could have – because in the area at the time, there was a lot of immigration and stuff yes, too? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something that was – uh, geared towards the Jewish people. Yeah, it's like anti-Semitic stuff, something like yeah. that. Um, so again, I don't know. This could have, for me, when I heard this and you see it and you put it to everything else, it feels like it could be a copycat or somebody that was trying to, you know, somebody that killed, because the mutilations, it was, there was no, there wasn't much mutilation to the body. It was, it was basically the slicing of the throat. Um, the next one happens, um, same night. Now, normally, Jack the Ripter kills somebody, and he waits a few days. Uh, this time, he killed Elizabeth Stride, uh, and then same night, Catherine Eddowes is murdered. Um, originally, earlier in the evening, she was arrested by the police because of public drunkenness. She was drunk on the street. Um, they, they brought her in and uh, basically waited for her to sober up and then sent her home. Uh, instead of going home, she went off to try to find a man. Later that night... She was found, um, this one was a little bit more intense. Her, her throat was sliced open. Her face had been absolutely mutilated so bad that they didn't know who it was when they first found the body. Uh, she had been disemboweled the same as before. Um, except it was kind of horrific. A lot of pieces of her body were pulled out. Um, I think her kidney went missed. They took her, they took the kidney. Um, and then here was the thing that made Scotland Yard say, wait. That dear boss letter has to be true. Her earlobes had been cut. Hmm. So in that letter, he had talked about clipping the ears, and now they did. They found that. And didn't he also send the police the kidney? Oh no, not yet. That's coming. Oh, sorry, That's- sorry. Jump the gun. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just gonna say spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually coming because. So this is September 30th, 1888. Now they have two murders on the same night, not that far from each other, and they're about an hour and a half apart. And both times when the body, bodies are found, it's literally half an hour from the time they're, the, of death, like an hour to a half an hour from when they died. So they'd just been attacked. Um, and again, as all before, every single one of these women, there was multitudes of witnesses that say they saw this woman with this lady at this time or this guy at this time or talking to this vendor at this time. Like It's ridiculous how in-depth they really tried to pinpoint everything. They went out and interviewed so many people. You can find 
um, all kinds of case information um, and interview information down to the hours. Like they would say, I saw her as she was here at 11.35 p.m. She was here at 1.05 p.m. One of the other things that kind of struck me when I was watching this documentary and I found some of the other things I read is that like, what was the sleep pattern for some of these people in the Victorian age in London? I mean, because it seemed like everybody was up at one and two o'clock in the morning. Like it was like it wasn't a big deal to see so many people walk in the street. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I got that. That's the that's the uh, that's what I got out of that, too. Like it, that place was still, uh, you know, like uh, what is it? New York is a city that never sleeps. Yeah, yeah. It's, I got, it seems like it's that kind of vibe. There's always somebody on the street or something. I was wondering if it was that or if it was just that. It, did they just sleep differently? They go to bed later and sleep in, you know, sleep in later? I don't uh, know. It's a good question. Good question. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about that kidney, man. Uh, after the, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> after the, uh, after the murders of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes on the night of September 30th, um, 16 days later, October 16th, 1888, um, George Lusk, he's the chairman of the um, Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. So basically, because these murders were happening and, and uh, you know, it was getting to be scary. It was scary to walk the night at, at, at night down those streets. Um, a whole bunch of people in the area created basically a vigilance group. They would walk the streets at night. Um, there was more uh, police presence out at night. They actually said they actually said in one of the documentaries I saw, they said there was so much police by then that pretty much anybody you saw on the street, good chances were it was a policeman. Yeah, exactly. It was it was getting it was it was they were trying to stop this from happening. They were trying to catch the guy and and before he could do it again. Um, And so George Lusk was a chairman of this thing. And he he was one of these people that helped gather uh, all these people together told them how they were going to do things and set them out to, to what, you know, roam the streets and, and keep, try to keep the streets safe. Anyway, on October 16th, 1888, he receives a package in the mail. Inside the package is a half-human kidney and a letter um, that was titled, well, th- which becomes known as the From Hell Letter. Um, let me pull this up real quick because I want to read this one as well, too. But, yeah, all these letters... Um, Again, we're at first because it wasn't these. It's not like they only had two letters coming in. The police were getting like letters all the time. They had over hundreds of letters. Many of them they knew were quacks. Many of them were just basically repeating what uh, newspaper reporters were, were reporting at the time. There was nothing that would stick out to make them think that this was a, a true person writing in. Some of them were like lunatics that were just writing in, like literally lunatics from the mental asylums were writing letters, sending them from the mental asylums to Scotland Yard claiming to be uh, the Ripper. Um, I didn't hear that before. That, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, right. I mean, they got it's 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 amazing <laughs> how many letters came in. Um, and another thing I found out, a lot of these letters and a lot of the the um, evidence and and case things. There's a lot that is missing. Did you guys know this? Yes, yes. Actually, if you go back now, there's very little evidence that's still around. Right, and it, it, there's two reasons. They say that um, there's a, a lot of evidence went missing in a mysterious way. No one knows what happened to them, and other other pieces were actually destroyed during um, the raids of, of World War II when the Germans were flying over and dropping bombs, the bomb raids. Um. Anyway, so this letter that comes in to George Lusk, October 16th, 88, with a half of a human kidney, uh, is a very short letter, and it starts by saying, from hell. Mr. Lusk, sore, 
I'm assuming he means sorry. I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it for you, t'other piece I fried and ate. It was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you only wait a while longer. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. That's it. Super short. But again, um, I believe... You know what? I don't even know. I don't know. There was no way to test that kidney, so I don't know if they could figure out if it was her or not. Uh, but the the point was is now it's a half of a kidney sitting in this guy's, uh, you know, in a box in this guy's house with this letter, uh, which is obviously the same handwriting as the one that claimed to be Jack the Ripper. So that's why they they thought like this is legit. Now this guy is a, is a is a maniac. He's out there. We really have to try to stop him. Um, there would be one more death before. It would, and I guess I wouldn't say it ended because there were other deaths that happened that people think maybe it was still him. But there was one more death that's actually attributed to Jack the Ripper, and this one uh, comes just a little bit under a month from the From Hell letter. Uh, there, Mary Jane Kelly is the last person to die or be known uh, as to die by the hand of Jack the Ripper. Again, she was a. Um, she, she. I don't think she. I think she actually had a bed to sleep in. She had her own little room somewhere, but she wasn't as destitute. I believe she was. Um, it was more the fact that she was a prostitute. Um, and they actually found her body in her room. She was the only one found inside and not out on the street. And the only reason they found her body was because uh, the guy that was coming by to collect the payment. He she was behind on her rent. Um, he went and tried to knock on the door and she wouldn't answer. And I guess in those days, uh, it wasn't a big deal for you to reach into a window and pull a curtain aside because that's what the dude did. He went out, you know, by the window, which was open. And, uh, there was a coat that she was using as a curtain hung up. So he kind of pulled that aside and quickly wished he hadn't. I, have you guys seen any of the, the pictures from these, these, uh, these mutilations, especially this last one, Mary Jane Kelly? Yeah, they're in black and white. Yes, they're in black and white. But wow, you can still—they're still horrible to to look at. Oh yeah, I wouldn't want to see them in color, man. No, I wouldn't either. The Mary Jane Kelly one is the most brutal of all the killings. It was absolutely—it's absolutely gory. Um, Same way though, she had been strangulated, her throat had been sliced, and then the Ripper went to work. But this time. It's it's legit disgusting. Most of her body is missing. Pieces of her body were absolutely ta- I mean just chopped off and taken off. Like her body was uh, the the bone skeletal bones were intact, but like flesh was just pulled from her body. It's ridiculous. I don't want to go too in depth on what was done. You can look that up online, but it was brutal. I mean, he removed all kinds of organs and pieces and place them all around her on the bed in different ways, things under her head. It was insane. Uh, well, it, you also got to remember he was doing this in the confines of a, of a room. He wasn't out on the street. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, so- people, people were saying that the reason that this happened, uh, there was so much more done to the body was because he had more time. He was in there yeah. taking his time doing things. Uh, one thing they found was that her heart was missing. Um, and I don't think that, that, yeah, that ever comes back, um, up at all. I don't think, you know, a heart was sent to anybody, but she's considered the last, uh, person to be a victim of Jack the Ripper because right after that, the style of those mur, of murders and killings, um, stopped. You didn't see the mutilation this way and, and with the throat slicing and the strangulation. Um, and they would, the idea was, is that either the guy got scared and took off because Scotland Yard was closing in, 
or he had been incarcerated, you know, and unknowingly they had already caught him or he had died. Um, yeah. But at some point right after November 9th, 88, um, Jack the Ripper just disappears from the Whitechapel scene. Five women are attributed to the death. Um, it's crazy. It's definitely crazy. Yeah, I, I think if, depending on who you ask, different experts, experts, if I can even talk, uh, they <laughs> the number ranges from uh, four to like into the teens. Even some people think it killed way more than that. Yeah, because there were there were still other killings happening. Um, because like I said, it wasn't like these were the only killings ever. It was just the way in which they were done, the style yeah. that it was one person doing it, and it was just the brutalness of the mutilations which made headlines. Um, other people were yep. getting killed. There was fights that would break out. People would die. A man would kill his wife, you know, in anger. I mean, it happened all the time. It's that these were, it was, this was a man like literally stalking the streets and taking women out. Um, yeah. The one thing I was going to ask you, Chris, when you were reading the letter that involved the kidney. Yeah. Uh, did, does, does the letter start that it says that it's from hell? Yeah. It's, it start, it opens from hell and then goes you know from what, there. You know what I thought of that? Do you remember back, I think this is before Carter even joined us, when we covered the ex-murderer episode? Yeah. The New Orleans ex-murderer? Uh-huh. His letter literally says, uh, it's, it says, here's how the letter starts out. Hell, comma, March 12th, comma, 1919. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I think we had talked about that before. He was one of the suspects, whoever the, the ex-murderer was. Maybe he was involved with all that going on over there in, in London, too. That's intro. Well, yeah, because he would have had to have come to America after. But yeah, that I mean, that's yeah. there's a lot of different ties. There's a lot of people who think it could have been so and so. And like I said, we did that uh, that episode of That's Odd in which we talked about the servant girl murders, and there was a guy in Texas killing people uh, almost in the exact same way, the same kind of this, you know, this mutilation and and murdering. Um, and then when he disappears, he literally the, the person they thought was it could have been him leaves town to go to England. In eighteen like eighteen eighty six, like a year or two before, yeah. um, it's a crazy thing, man. Jack the Ripper. This I remember being a kid and hearing Jack the Ripper, and you just hear the name, and you're just like, "Wow, what?" That's just it's got a powerful sound behind it, and then you know this, you hear the story behind it, and um, it's it's gotten so big. These, I mean, imagine if it is just these five murders because of the brutality and because of the taunting and because of all of that. It it's it's literally like I said the most famous serial killer ever in history ever like if you say the name people know what that is and they know yeah. why they know about the murders and mutilations uh, and then you see it in pop culture all over the place there's been different movies about it there's graphic novels books all kinds of things um, you know what I mean different versions of the Ripper there's there's TV shows or or you know movies that talk that copycat killer type of stuff. Um, there was a lot of different people who were considered suspects. Um, uh, there's actually a cool website I found, uh, Whitechapel Jack. You guys see this site, website? Yeah, I checked it out a long time ago. But pretty, it's been a while. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Whitechapeljack.com, um, has a section in which they sh- just basically show all the different, uh, suspects that, like the ones that the police thought were suspected. Uh, and el- almost everyone just turns out to, um, be dismissed. Um, let me see. I think one of the ones that they thought could be the guy was a guy named um, George Chapman. So apparently this guy was a Poland-born uh, Poland born immigrant that came to the UK right before the murders. 
1887. He took the name Chapman somewhere around 1893 or 1894. Uh, says he was hanged in 1903 for poisoning three of his wives. Chapman used a compound known as tartamatic, uh, which he'd purchased from a chemist in the Hastings. Um, so basically, he poisoned three wives. Um, he worked as a barber, so they said he had access to the razor. Um, and let's see. There's another guy that really stood out to me because they said, uh, it said something about like he was going to be hanged as well. And then right before he, he died, he said, I am Jack. And then the, the rope snapped his neck. Um, hmm. I can't remember his name now, but yeah, there was, there was a uh, John Pizer. John Pizer was arrested by police Sergeant William Thick. Um, and he was known as the leather apron. That was the guy I was telling you about. He was a Polish Jew who worked as a bootmaker in Whitechapel, was believed by Thick to have committed a slew of minor assaults on prostitutes. Um, and then there's the very famous people that they try to say could have been him. Like we were going to talk about, uh, what was his name? H H Holmes. Yeah. That's the yep. newer one. That's one of the newer ones. I think even history channel did some kind of thing on that. Uh, that one of the theories now is that, H. H. Holmes, which I don't think we've actually covered him on our show yet. No, we haven't yet. yet. That's no, going to be another yet. round table for sure. Yeah, he's considered one of America's earliest serial killers. Yeah, uh, nobody actually knows the amount, the number of victims that he he's responsible for killing, but they think that it could be him. The reason that I don't think it was is purely because his method of killing was way different, and his reason for killing was way different. He was way more into making money. Yeah, uh, a lot of his. I mean, I don't want to give because I want us to do an episode on this guy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, he had a whole house of horrors even in Chicago during yeah. the world during that uh, world fair that was going on, and uh, and and also he would actually be one of those who would go dig up bodies out of a graveyard kind of thing oh. and sell those to because uh, that happened a lot back then because you would make money off of those because uh, people like doctors and stuff would buy those so they can do. Uh, you know, surgeries and stuff on them to get better. That's kind of how they figure yep. all that stuff out. <laughs> but uh, he never, ever, to my knowledge, was known to be somebody who would brutalize a body. He would just do it for money. And he was also well known for uh, uh, all kinds of uh, scams and stuff. Like, he made a lot of his money off of insurance scams off the people he killed. Jeez. There's a, yeah, yep. that's right. We're going to, that's going to be a great story we have to get to for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. You know who else? There was another, uh, um, Prince Albert Victor, Duke of Clarence and Avondale, was considered a suspect at some point, too. Yes. Yep. Um, the royal conspiracy. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I found the guy I was talking about that said he he was Jack. He, his name was Dr. Uh, let me see here. His name was Dr. Thomas Neil Cream. And here's this is this guy's got a little bit of a crazy story. Cream was born the oldest of eight siblings in Glasgow, Scotland, later moved his family to Quebec, Canada. There he studied medicine at McGill University, married, opened a medical practice in London, Ontario. His wife soon died after a mysterious illness. After moving to Chicago, Cream moved his practice to the edge of the red light district, performing illegal abortions for local prostitutes. He was suspected in the death of one woman during that period of time, but was acquitted of any charges. Justice was more difficult to dodge, however, when Cream was accused of murdering Daniel Stott in 1881. Stott suffered from epilepsy, and his wife, Julia, 30 years his junior, would pick up his medications from Cream. Julia and Cream began an affair and conspired to give Stott pills contaminated with strychnine. Cream was convicted and sentenced to life in prison, but was released after 10 years. He arrived in London in October of 1891. Um, 
Oh, he must have been a, a, just a, a weirdo because it said after he's convicted, <laughs> because obviously it's after the death. He said after he was convicted of the murder, um, he was executed November 16th in 1892. His last words were the, uh, before the noose snapped his neck were, I am Jack. There's records, though, that show Dr. Cream was serving prison sentences in Chicago at the time of the Whitechapel killings. However, many believe that through corruption and bribery, uh, they had released him early. And he had snuck, made his way over to England, you know, during the 1880s, during the murders. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a uh, lot of people. Who... Another, yeah, another big one was uh, Francis Tumblety. Uh-huh. That's uh, the one he, I, was, yeah. uh, he was an Irish-American. Uh, he, and he, he lived in the United States originally, but he was known in the U.S. and Canada as a, a quack, pretty much. He'd be one of those uh, herb doctors, those kind of things. Yeah, this is the one that's most likely they say could be him. Yeah, he really apparently hated women. Uh, he's also, this is the thing I found, I don't want to say fascinating, but really interesting to me, was in 1865, he was actually arrested for uh, complicity in the Abraham Lincoln assassination, but he was released without charge. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. But then in England in 1888, this is all off of that whitechapeljack.com. Yeah. He was arrested uh, on November 7th for... And I actually heard this on a lot of the documentaries when they talked about this guy for gross indecency with another man. <laughs> so it, everybody assumes that this that he's a homosexual because of this. Uh, so that's why a lot of people think maybe it wasn't him for all these killings. But you know who knows? Yeah. Um, so what do you especially especially back then in that time? That's even more of a like it's way more accepted now than it was then. Yeah, that's true. I'm thinking, um, I don't know, man. This is going to be one of those mysteries. I don't know if it'll ever be, uh, ever be solved. Well, yeah. does anybody like? Are there any theories about whether or not it, it actually was more than one guy or more than one person? Well, the other one I was going to say, I don't, I can't remember his name, but there was there's one whole documentary that you can find on YouTube where this this woman investigator thinks it was this really famous painter. Uh, I can't, I can't oh remember. yeah, I saw that one. I saw that one. Yeah, I can't remember the painter's name, but a lot of his paintings are really strange and odd, and and, and a lot of the women in them were like in different weird poses that almost look dead and that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, there was one more name that we didn't say that everyone. I mean, a lot of ripperologists think this might be the guy. Um, was he was the Liverpool uh, cotton merchant James Maybrick. And as I was looking this up, I found an article that was actually written this year. And I think we discussed this. It wasn't I think this may have been a current creep, and this is what made us talk about Jack the Ripper. Um, the headline was, The true identity of Jack the Ripper may have been revealed. Victorian diary, proven genuine, contains a huge clue. Yeah. So I'm going to read this real quick. It just says, um, let's see here. It remains one of the most enduring mysteries in British criminal history. Yeah. But the true identity of Jack the Ripper may have finally been confirmed after researchers said they had proven the authenticity of a much-disputed Victorian diary. So 25 years ago, Ripperologists around the world were stunned by the discovery of a previously unknown memoir claiming to have been written by Liverpool cotton merchant James Maybrick. In the 9,000-word volume, Maybrick confessed to the brutal murders of five women in the East End of London, as well as one prostitute in Manchester. He signed off the diary, quote, I give my name that all know of me. So history do tell what love can do to a gentleman born. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. 
Uh, but within months of the book hitting the shelves, Ripper experts who subjected it to careful analysts analysis began to question its authenticity. The diary had first come to public attention via a former Liverpool scrap metal dealer named Mike Barrett, who claimed he had obtained it through a family friend, Tony Devereaux. Unfortunately, Mr. Devereaux died shortly afterwards, so the diary's true provenance was never fully explained, cementing the view among many that it was simply a sophisticated forgery. But researchers, led primarily by Bruce Robinson, the writer and director of the film classic With Nail and I, uh, have spent years poring over the story, believe they have finally unearthed compelling evidence that proves the diary is genuine. According to a new book on the saga, the contentious memoir was actually discovered in Maybrick's former Liverpool home, putting him firmly back in the frame as history's most notorious serial killer. Robert Smith, who published the original diary in 93, has written a new book, believes Mr. Barrett and those who supplied him with the document kept this crucial fact secret because they were frightened of being prosecuted. Uh, Mr. Smith said, quote, when the diary first emerged, Mike Barrett refused to give any satisfactory explanation for where it had come from. But after painstaking research, chiefly by Bruce Robinson, we can now show a trail that leads us directly to Maybrick's house. So he stole it from the guy's house. Oh, crap. Well, <laughs> yeah, the wealthy merchant died in 1889, a year after the Whitechapel murders. Lived in a, uh, he lived on grand property known as the Battle Crease House in Merseyside suburb. Uh, 1992 local firm. We're working at the property, carrying out various renovations. Among the workers were three local men, Arthur Rigby, James Kofalis, and Eddie Lyons. Mr. Lyons was a regular at the Saddle Inn Public House, where Mr. Barrett also was well known to charter. So, yeah, it looks like somebody working on that house must have uh, just swiped what they thought would be cool and then found it It had that information. Wow. I'm going to have to read that book. I guess the big question here is, do you guys think we'll ever actually ever know definitively who did this? Uh, definitively, no. I don't think so. We don't have the, yeah. the forensics anymore. You know, we don't have we didn't have that then, and we don't have any of the evidence to go through now. Yeah, I agree. It's we'll never ever know. Uh, my theory, what I think personally, and I'm curious what you guys think is the reason that that it stopped is he either obviously left or he got arrested for something else or he died, like they said. So yeah. it's one of those. I assume he got arrested or he died would be my thought. Right. I think he died. Yeah. Because, I mean, in those days, he could have died just getting robbed himself. You know what I mean? Like a couple of guys robbing him, beating him, and killing him, and no one would have ever known that's Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And life expectancy back then was way less than it is now, too, on top of that. Yep. What do you think, Carter? I think he was H.H. Holmes. (laughs) Seriously, I think he was H.H. Holmes. I've always thought that. Well, that'll be good to cover when we do that. When we do the Double H Holmes episode, we can actually totally get into that big time. Well, if it's H.H. Holmes, isn't it technically Triple H? Oh, it's time to <laughs> play the game. That's not even his real name, though. <laughs> that, that's not even his real name, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. This is one of his aliases, yeah. Oh, yeah, one great. of his, his aliases. That's amazing. <laughs> um, you know what? If you want to look at it that way, I think the... And it's not even the right term either. But you know, when I say when I say romanticize or romantic side, yeah. is uh, I it it is kind of more creepy to think that this guy was in America killing people, because there's also the idea that H. H. Holmes is also the same guy that was doing the servant girl murders in Texas. Um, so imagine if that was the case. Imagine if it's just this. I mean, that would be. What about that body count? If it was the same guy going from Texas. To it was Chicago, right? The Chicago World's Fair. 
Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, well, yeah. he did, he did go all across the United States. He's well known to have traveled quite a bit. That's what I'm saying. Can you imagine yeah. if it was the same guy and he went over to England and became, you know, monstrously huge because of the whole Jack the Ripper, the letters, the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, he was There's always no on records of H.H. H. Holmes in Chicago before 18. So, hmm. but that, you know, alias. So, yep. He also rarely worked alone. Yeah, that's true. Well, and again, that's why I go back to what if Jack wasn't just one guy, you know? What if yeah. it was two guys or three guys? You know, what if, like, what if one guy wrote the letters, one guy did the killing? Yeah. But what well, would another, guys did the another theory that it was it wasn't even a guy; it was a it was a woman. Wow, and it. that's entirely possible too. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing. That would be scary. Like not amazing in a good way, but amazing. Like it, it would be like <laughs> it'd be like jaw dropping. Like holy crap! Yeah. Are you like you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. it's yeah, almost like what if it was what if it was one of the prostitutes? Yeah. doing it because it's almost generally accepted that it's a man. It was a man attacking the women and killing them. It's, Right. Exactly. It's it's like nobody even really questions it anymore that Jack was a guy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, this is one of this is one of those times in history you look back and it's just it's horrific. There's no possible way to even imagine what it was like living in the time. You know what I mean? Being there, living in Whitechapel, well, thinking that there's someone going around killing people. Yeah, he's killing women, but who's to say he's not going to kill a man next and you can't afford to to be somewhere safe at night and sleep. You know what I mean? And it it to me, it's scary in the sense of, you know, here's a guy who did this and never got caught. Yeah. You know, like you, like you can't, we, we always tell you can't kill somebody and get away with it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you really yeah. can. Even today, you, there are still ways for you to get away with it. So right. that's, that's scary to me, man. Yeah. There's that part in uh, Yellowstone, isn't there? There's that little zone in Yellowstone where there's, it's not, you can just kill someone and not get, not get prosecuted yep. or something. Yep. Yeah, it's great. No, it's, it's just seriously. like it's just like how we always say, like, oh, how would Blair Witch have happened? It's not possible to get lost in America now. Yeah, it is, man. <laughs> it happens all the time. It lost it in, all the time. It lost in the mall. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do too, man. You're not not alone. <laughs> oh, so, man. so what we've come to is, you guys think he was dead, and I think he was H. H. Holmes. Yeah, or it seems that like he got eventually. Yeah. I mean, and I don't disagree. I think, I think Johnny, uh, you know, I think you guys could be, because if you just, if he got robbed or something on the street and somebody murdered him, how would you even know that that was, it's just another, if you're a cop, it's just another body, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just another dead person. I mean, it's not, guy's not wearing a sign that says, Hey, I'm Jack the Ripper. The fact that he's not exactly. caught though, in, in your mind and in history, that the, the, the actual image of Jack the Ripper looms large. You know what I mean? It's almost like it's this yeah. just mythic character. Now, let me ask you something. Let's say that yeah. was the case. Let's say he had just gotten beaten up by two or three little thugs and killed, and they then they found out that's Jack the Ripper. Does that bring that status down? Do you know what I mean? Is it just like, oh, he did this, but he ended his life. He ended up being killed by three guys and, and dying in the streets. Do you know what I mean? I think it would still be a major footnote in history and something that was talked about, but I do think it would really take away from the what really adds to this story is that he was never officially found or caught. Right. So if he ever actually was, then I think it would have definitely taken something away from it. But it still would have been 
like a major event that happened. Yeah. He would have been a major se- serial killer still. Well, and there's always the possibility that he got arrested for something else too, you know, and yeah. ended up in prison and maybe and maybe died in prison. Yeah. Or yeah. something. Yeah. That's kind of what I think what happened, honestly. Cuz that happens a lot too, you know. Yeah. That yeah. These these serial killers get caught for something else, you know, and 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 that's what they end up going to jail for. Well, a lot of your people, your killers or whatever are usually called for something else. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, like Timothy McVeigh uh, was actually caught because his car, something was wrong with his car. Yeah. Like something was out of date or something. That's how he was pulled over and caught. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's um, like you said, it's just Parking one of the ticket or something like something mundane like that. It was it's very mundane. I don't tail exactly light out. His tail light was out. Yeah. But that, that's my point though. Like a lot of these, a lot of these uh, people get caught doing other things other than what their the main crime is. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what else is interesting? What if, because uh, I'm just thinking about this just now with, you know, talking about cops pulling him over or something like that. What if, <laughs> what if you're the cop that does stop him and you're like, oh shit, this is Jack the Ripper. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I can't say I wouldn't have been tempted to just ice the dude right there, you know? Sir, can you please pull your carriage over to the road and, um, <laughs> We're gonna have to bridle. We're gonna have to tie your horse. Okay. Um. Can I see you? We're gonna identi- have to search your horse. Can I have some of my identification? <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> He's like, all right. Uh, can you open up the back of that stagecoach there? Thank you, sir. Uh, what sure, the? sir. Uh, pay no attention to that body part in the side there. <laughs> Where are all these knives? Wait, wait. Would you like to have a hand? And I hand you an actual hand there. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy. Now, like, all, you, oh, now sh- all you need is Corey Feldman at the end of the burbs. Like, there's your evidence right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's the back of the car. Oh, man. Jack the Ripper, man. Yeah, it's definitely one that's never going to – I don't think it, – it's going to always be one of these stories, I think, until the end of time that people are going to know about. They're going to know but, about his name. But, yeah. It's one of the big about ones. This, though. Think about this. If you – were the detective that solved this, you'd be just as famous as Jack. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You for know? sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. Majorly. Yeah. So there you guys, there you guys go. Jack the Ripper. Uh, not too in depth with a lot of, um, the actual specifics of these things because honestly, it's really gruesome and gory. I didn't want to get into it. There might be people that are listening to this while they're eating lunch or something. Uh, yeah. and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, um, yeah, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to hear that kind of thing. But uh, it, it's definitely one of these cases that if if it interests you and you do want, you're going to find a lot of information on on this uh, because there was a lot of witnesses, a lot of, of testimony taken. And there's a lot, a lot um, of documentation of what happened. And um, one of the other things I was surprised is you can you can literally read exactly what these doctors wrote when they were looking over the body it's in their own words. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's kind of freaky too to read those reports. Yeah, so uh, so listeners, if you're into that or you want to check anything more out on that, I I would highly suggest checking out. Um, there's a couple of documentaries. One of them I was watching today was really cool. It was just called Jack the Ripper: The Definitive Story, uh, where they use 3D, um, 3D imaging and technology to take the streets of Whitechapel and turn him into basically what it was like in the 1880s. Um, so it's really cool, really cool information in there as well. Uh, then the website as well, Whitechapel Jack. That's a really good website. It's got a lot of good information on on the Jack the Ripper case. Yes. Um, uh, also, I would recommend the History's Mysteries episode. You can find it on YouTube too. It was a series that was on History Channel back when 
History Channel actually had history stuff on it. And it uh, it's really good. And it was from like the, the 90s sometime. Yeah. I get mad at History Channel a lot because I used to love that channel. And now it's just, <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Nope. Exactly. I, I agree with you. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're right. Um, and lastly, uh, if you want to see any other kind, you know what I really enjoyed? Uh, the movie was okay, but the graphic novel from hell, it's, it's a cool kind of like, um, fictional interpretation of, of the Jack the Ripper lore and, uh, who was behind the murders. Um, anything else guys before we move on? Nope. That's all I got. Awesome. So we'll just do what we do at the end of all our shows. Yeah. Uh, we'll let everybody know where they can find us on the social medias and our other outlets of creativity carter johnson take it away uh i'm carter johnson you can find my books on amazon uh house on deadboy lane meadowview road and, and spider's web uh and hopefully we'll be adding some more titles to that before the end of this year uh johnny you can find my art at johnnyism28 come there please buy some art because that's great if you do and i will love you forever if you do so also, my other podcast is Retro Blist. It's about old school video games like your Nintendos, your Super Nintendos, your Sega Genesis. Uh, we recently had a guest there by the name of Chris Chavez on there. I don't know if you've what? heard of him or not. And uh, <laughs> we highly recommend it. It's a five-star rated podcast currently until somebody gives it four stars. Six stars. Six stars. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you came across this episode on accident, head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe to History Creeps. Follow us on Facebook, History Creeps Podcast. Um, we update it here and there, but mostly that's when we put up our newest episodes. You'll be uh, in the loop when you see that show up if you're not updating your podcast applications. Uh, also, head over to our network, BICBP-radio.com. You'll find another episode uh, you'll find another episode you'll find other podcasts uh some of them i'm on back issues comic book podcast some of them i'm not like uh you break it you pot it or uh cellar dwellers or there's a pretty cool uh wrestling one they just started we're hosting it uh so if you're into wrestling check it out it's called the dusty finish uh they watch some wrestling pay-per-views and talk about it to uh to what do you call them? Um, the announcers, the guys that are on the show, the hosts there, they've been in, in the business for a while. They're pretty cool. Listen to it. And it's pretty awesome. Their next one's coming soon. Um, head over to our Instagram back issue or not back issues. Jesus. What's wrong with me? I just can't just <laughs> head over to our Instagram, <laughs> head over to our Instagram account, uh, history creeps. And I believe that's all for me. Anything else you guys want to say? I'm out. Alrighty. So yep, for, I'm good. For Carter Johnson, for Johnny Townsend, this is Chris Chavez. Stay creepy. Stay creepy.